Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. Today, we're going to dive back into a discussion that was part of a web seminar called Stepping Up Your Active Directory Defenses, Lessons Learned from Recent Attacks. This conversation between myself and Michelle Crockett, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Sempris, covers the tight link between Exchange Server and Active Directory, and how to guard against attacks like the Hafnium breach, the resurgence of wiper attacks like Meteor Express that crippled business operations, and the Kaseya attacks, which exploited automatic product updates. Enjoy! The problems with exchange is just kind of a gift that keeps on giving as far as attacks. <laughs> and of course, there's a lot of, there's so much interconnectedness between exchange and Active Directory. And you and I were talking earlier earlier this week about exchange and, you know, mail just being one of the first things that moved to the cloud. So people seem to adopt Outlook 365 or Office 365 as, as almost their first um, cloud thing. And um the complications of administering exchange on-premises is is vast. So why don't you just kind of take us through a short history of exchange and Active Directory security and how those are related and why that's such a rich vein for cyber attackers to mine. Sure. Well, I think one of the interesting aspects of this is how you know, as you said, exchange is, has been critical for such a long period of time. People, and frankly, exchange is the reason that Active Directory is as successful as it is because people wanted exchange. So because of getting, to get exchange, you had to get Active Directory. So Active Directory spread with exchange. People didn't, although if you're an identity person like me, you think Active Directory just for the sake of AD is cool. But the rest of the world uh, wanted there it. There had to be a reason. <laughs> there had to actually be a reason for it. Yeah. That's right. And so uh, Exchange is tightly tied to Active Directory. And I think what we have seen in the life cycle of Exchange is parallel somewhat to what's going on with Active Directory, which is in terms of skills, in terms of patching and all of that, it's been around for a long time. As you said, it's one of the, because it's very complicated to run on-premises, it's one of the first workloads that moved into cloud services, Exchange Online or other, uh, other online mail services. And so for the ones that still do have Exchange Online, I mean, that still have Exchange On-Prem, we're seeing uh, what, we're, what we also see in Active Directory nowadays, which is that the skill sets are becoming rarer and rarer right. to um, keep it up, keep Exchange up to date, keep it tip top, do the complicated patching that's necessary to do for Exchange because we're talking about multiple on-premises servers that are tightly interconnected and have to be patched in a certain order. So the tendency is to 
do some very basic patching of it, but it's very hard to keep up. So when we had the hafnium breach and how quickly that happened, it was very difficult for administrators to keep up with it. And even now, there was just recently the other day, renewed conversation about the web shell vulnerabilities in, in exchange. Right. And I think um, another really good resource on this is you did a podcast. I believe it was a podcast rather than a web seminar back in maybe March with Alan Sagano, yes. who runs a consulting firm. And he had some clients who were um, struggling uh, to recover from the Hafnian breach. So there's a lot of great info from Alan in that podcast. In fact, we've got a summary blog on the site called Timeline of a Hafnium Attack. Mm. And it does a really good job of, of laying out um, what the chain of events were there right. and where the vulnerabilities were. Yes, yes. So anything else to point out about the linkedness of Active Directory and Exchange and what to watch out for there? Is it just apply the patches when they come out? Especially if you are, as pretty much everybody is, nowadays using uh, internet facing interfaces to exchange you know mm -hmm. outlook web access which is the inroad for the attackers as well patch now patch often uh, <laughs> okay sounds good so let's see besides this we were going to touch a little bit on a couple of other things that popped up this summer and one of them, which we haven't really talked about a lot lately, is wiper attacks. But there was an interesting one dubbed Meteor Express that attacked Iran's train system. Right. And the connection with AD is a little bit more obscure. I think um, you you did some digging on this to, to find out that connection there. But it was definitely a case of elevated permissions. So do you want to just take us through that a little bit? Sure. Um, and and I, the common thread, and let me start out by saying the common thread in all of these is using Active Directory as the highway. Right. You know, we, we see that. And I love to bring this, uh, not specifically related to Meteor Express, but I love to bring this up because I don't think it's well known. And it was a real eye opener. Uh, the Identiverse talk this summer, Alex Weinert, who is the Director of Identity Services at Microsoft, mm -hmm. and it was intimately involved in the whole... SolarWinds, SolaraGate, you know, whatever you want to call yeah. that, that whole incident. He said that only about, he said less than 5% of the companies that had been attacked by the threat actor were compromised using the SolarWinds exploit. 95% mm -hmm. of them were compromised using password spray attacks against Active Directory. Mm -hmm. And once they are in, they use the classic uh, attack chain to gain domain dominance, which is what they then used to compromise ADFS and then forge signing certificate, which then allowed them to get into Azure Active Directory and Exchange and Office 365. So it's the same pattern everywhere because if you're a bad guy, you know, you're you're not interested in all these different ways of getting things done. You're interested in getting to that target on the far end. And if you've got this big barn door in front of you, why not keep using it? I think that's another thing that we keep bringing up all the time that should actually give a lot of IT and security pros hope is that a lot of these avenues are just like locking your car. 
you know, there's some really simple low hanging fruit. And we're really seeing that with uh, Purple Night is the security assessment tool that uh, we released in March. It's free. And a lot of organizations have used it to run a scan of their environment and just see, you know, what security holes do I have? You know, we've been talking to a few of them lately. They are feel blindsided. They had no idea that they had some of these misconfigurations in their organization. I think the the message here is you got to know about it before you can fix it. But once you do those fixes, a lot of those easy paths for attackers are cut off. And then they have to work harder and harder and harder. And maybe they'll shop elsewhere. You live in Colorado, so I'll use the analogy of, uh, yeah, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the slower guy. That is exactly right. In the group. So if your environment is more difficult to get in, it's entirely possible. They just won't, they'll waste time and just choose to go someplace else. So So getting back to Meteor Express. Yeah. I wanted to to know if you could just um, quickly remind us what a wiper attack is. It's all, it's been all ransomware for, you know, the last several months. And this is the first high headline wiper attack I've seen. So let's just review what that is. Sure. Wiperware in 25 words or less, wiperware is like ransomware without a ransom note and out without decryption. Mm-hmm. So basically they encrypt your files and there's no decryption key, thereby making them useless. thereby basically bricking it. Now, Meteor Express is wiperware. And what it did is that it spreads via a group policy in Active Directory. So group policy has the ability to distribute software. And so it can distribute good software. It can distribute mm-hmm. bad software. Uh, so in this case, it distributed bad software and what happened is an ex- executable called nti.exe, which coincidentally is the name of my old uh, Active Directory group at Intel, they were called <laughs> NTI, uh, corrupts the master boot record. Oh, and I forgot. It, it, first thing that happens is it encrypts the file system. Then when the file system is encrypted, then NTI corrupts the master boot record, the NTFS master boot record. And then finally, something called MS setup locks the system before it also deletes uh, any volume shadow copies on the system and is a last little insult uh, unjoins the computer from its active directory domain as well so sounds pretty devastating yeah i mean it is it's not happy software it's designed you know, all, the, all the steps that you're looking at are just trying to design to jack up an operating system as much as possible and what, what are some of the most famous wiper attacks? So this latest one, I mean, it caught my attention, but I know there's been more famous ones in the past. Right. Well, I'm, I'm this one that I love to talk about, of course, is NotPetya. Oh, so right. Yeah. NotPetya in, in 2017 that Russia used against Ukraine, and but the collateral damage cost Maersk $300 million and it cost Merck $900 million and is estimated to have cost uh, worldwide $10 billion worth of damage. And that was wiperware that was propagated with a couple of zero-day exploits and mm-hmm. spreads like lightning throughout a corporate network and encrypts everything in sight using Active Directory as its, as its propagation method. So right. fortunately, not, not, not so much one way wiperware right now that that's you know ransomware is sort of a a variation on a theme mm-hmm. ransomware and wiperware are like you know evil brother and sister yeah wiperware seems like the thing to do when you don't really you're just doing it when you want to wreak havoc yeah 
That's that's what you do. Yeah. If you're in business, then you use a ransomware. If <laughs> this is like your yeah, yeah. And well, and and even, you know, you can there's social engineering associated with this too. So you could have wiperware and then and and frankly, not Petya to add a little twist a little knife in the wound. Not Petya was it was wiperware, but it was designed to look like ransomware. So mm-hmm. it would it would pop up a ransom screen to send you down the I won't say the merry path, but to send you down the path of trying to get it figured out. Uh, when there was no figuring it out, but the hope is that it delays your recovery for a few hours. Right. Okay. And then the last thing we're going to touch on today is the Kasaya attack. So I think becoming more of a concern for a lot of organizations because it involves software that gets pushed out automatically. The most famous, of course, in the last year incidents of that is SolarWinds, that the malware was sitting there since last March and you know, just um, creeping into all of the software that um, serves government agencies and organizations across the world. So what is the what is the answer here? And I, I think this really raises the risk profile for all organizations. And what can they do about that since it's so hard to police every third party that you work with? Any software companies are seeing the impact resonate from companies like Kaseya, or and solar winds, right. uh, where you know you you trust a third party to go deeply inside your systems, and then that that gets compromised. Which, by the way, as I mentioned, NotPetya earlier, that's how NotPetya propagated. Mm-hmm. They you know it used trusted third party software, Ukrainian tax software that had you know their update servers and the Russian the GRU penetrated that update server and put the code in there. And then when everybody downloaded their tax software, everybody got NotPetya uh, worm. So it's the same thing as the supply chain attack. And so what companies are doing right now is they're scrambling to try and secure their supply chains. They're going back to their providers, especially the providers that are SaaS and and have Mm -hmm. automatic downloads happening, which was thought of as a good thing. Now they're not quite so sure. Everybody's shutting off automatic downloads. And what's really big right now is everyone's doing vendor risk assessments. They're going back and they're sending out new vendor risk assessments as they try to protect themselves. But it's a thorny problem because companies, everybody relies on third-party software. Right. Um, And, um, you know, the easy answer would be to never allow an automatic update, but then that um, may prevent you from getting important patches that come on. Yeah, that's so. exactly that's exactly right. You know, and the the biggest example and the biggest thing that you know that may make people stay up at night is the the biggest patching system in the world is the Microsoft Update system. Yeah, and you know that's protected nine ways to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be when that first started happening, you know, nobody accepted those patches come in, and then everybody stood up their Windows Server Windows Server update services. What WSUS, so they could then examine each one as they came in and test it and all that. And I think that's probably still happening in larger organizations, but boy, in medium and in smaller organizations, let's just go right now because sometimes these things come out and they're like, oh no, <laughs> this vulnerability is here. Here's the patch port. We're already starting to see exploits to it. You really have to do these things in a hurry. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. 
Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.